Blog Talk Radio. How are ev- how how are everyone? How is everyone doing? This is Troy Dooley, the host of RealMentorsRadio.com. Just got back from hanging out with Tessa's boyfriend and a bunch of the guys that I hang with every Tuesday in my accountability group, and got some amazing, remarkable news. Just came across my phone. My son and his wife have made it to the hospital. She has hit full-term labor, and little Gabe will be coming into this world momentarily. That's a couple days in advance of what they anticipated, and Paige is going to see them next week to help them out. So my hat is off to my son Dalton, his beautiful wife Felicia, to their wonderful new baby, my grandson, Mr. Gabe Dooley. It's funny because his great-grandma is listening on the telephone right now, and I'm sure she's just all giddy and all that. It's fun to be able to watch these children come into this world and make a difference. And it's up to us as parents and grandparents to make sure that we do everything on our power to give these kids the opportunity to get off, become adults, make their choices in life. And on that note, we are in uh, principle number two, vision is the cornerstone of my good friend Chris Widener's book, Live the Life You've Always Dreamed of, 10 Rock-Solid Principles That Will Absolutely, Positively, he loves those L-Y words, my wife would go nuts, turn your dreams into reality. It's, uh, it's amazing. The late Jim Rohn wrote this about Chris. He said, Chris Wilder is the leader of a new generation of personal development and leadership experts. And without a doubt, I can I just agree with that 100%. Chris starts the chapter off. He says, stop just writing about your past and start writing about your future. Dwight D. Eisenhower said, the history of free men is never written by chance, but by choice. Their choice. I find that remarkable. I find it refreshing. Growing up in several different denominations in the Christian faith, sometimes Christianity becomes very convoluted, if you will. People one time saying it's God-ordained, it's God's predestination, it's, and then telling you you live by freedom of choice. You know, and, and as I read through this chapter, it just, you can tell Chris has really dug deep into some things to come up with some of what he writes, and I just found it refreshing. One of the things he says in here that was good, he says, many people spend a lot of time on their history. Some do it purposely with the hobby of journaling, while others simply write and rewrite their history over and over in their minds. Depending upon the way you go about this can be good or bad. If you're doing it so you can reflect on your life, that's good. If you're doing it so you can learn from your past, that's good. But, unfortunately, many people do it simply as a subconscious act of running themselves in the ground over and over. Poor me. Why is this happening to me? Oh my, my life sucks. My life is so terrible. I grew up in a in a dysfunctional family. My parents didn't love me. My parents loved me too much. I mean, do you see where Chris is going with this? We do this constantly. And for some reason, the older we get, the more often we do it. And and I think it's because we have so many more years in the past. You know, it's funny, as you're young, you've got all the years in your future. As you grow older, all the years are behind you, and you start looking at less years ahead of you. And I've I've had the privilege of hanging out with some pretty remarkable 
elderly people. I have breakfast on a regular basis with a man named Richard. He's about 83 years old, I think. You wouldn't know it. He just comes in, rocks around, has a blast, does his stuff. I have another friend of mine I eat breakfast with, Ray. Ray's in construction. He's in his 70s, kicking butt, taking names, doing stuff. You eat surf. You never know these guys had an issue with age. See, I think we all need to live our life that way. Listen to this. It's interesting here. What you write in your mind is an act of mental discipline so that what you write on a sheet of paper is the discipline. Now think about that for a second because that's pretty powerful. What you write in your mind is an act of mental discipline just as what you write on paper is a discipline. I've been writing journals for years. I'm big into looking back and seeing how I reacted to situations, how I overcame fears, how I break through limiting beliefs, how I've moved forward. Man, it's not all been pretty. But I stopped wallowing in self-pity and self-defeat many years ago. Only one time in my life did I ever think about suicide. That was back in the 80s, going through a divorce. And very quickly, because of all the books I'd read, I realized there's no need for this. Pull yourself up, kick some butt, go read a new book, listen to somebody new, get some counseling, and rock this thing out. And that's what I did. It's when I realized deeply that we have an extraordinary opportunity for the future. As I started reading about how up until really the, the end of the last century, most successful business people were in their 40s or older, men especially, their sex drive slows down and they start focusing more on business. In the 21st century, it's starting to happen in the 20s. Not that the sex drive's slowing down, but men are very quickly to realize we can have a more beautiful and enjoyable life if we will focus a little quicker, a little, little easier. Then we can fulfill life's mission a lot sooner and we can enjoy it. Now, I think that's a pretty good thing. I think that's what's supposed to take place. That's the name of the game. See, instead of going over and over our, in our, about our past, we need to choose to write our future. See, we literally get to be in control of our destiny. Now, I know, I know, happens every, every show I do where I start talking about things like this, I, I get some of my friends who love the Lord to death question what I'm saying. But I'm going to back it up in Scripture here in a second. What I want to do right now is I want you to get this point. We are in control of our future, of our destiny. The question is, are we going to choose our destiny, or are we going to allow others to choose it for us? Chris writes it this way. Choose to choose your own future. If you don't make a decision to accept responsibility for your own future, then you are choosing to not write your future. You're lying to somebody, somebody else. We don't get the opportunity to decide what family we're going to be born into. But we sure the heck get the choice of how we're going to live the life once we're here. We can either go through it like robots, believing in an entitlement mentality that the government owes us, that people need to owe us, that the world owes us, whatever. 
or we can say, I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to fulfill the reason I was put on this earth. And we start seeking and searching that which is deep in our heart. And we fulfill it. That's why I say we get to choose. God will plant a deep, deep, deep flame in your heart. For I believe what you're intended for. But I believe like in every epic adventure, we've got to seek it out and find it, and then we've got to fulfill it. Chris writes this. Determine what you want your future to be, and be specific. What do you want to earn? Where do you want to live? What do you want to weigh? What do you want to do for a living? What do you want to do with your leisure time? How much do you want to retire on? These are the typical things we think about. But I suggest we take it even deeper than that. What is that driving, burning passion that is deep into your soul? What is it that you thought of as a little girl, a little boy, that just won't go away? What is it that you're phenomenally great at? I mean so good at it that it just is second nature. Is it speaking in public? Taking care of children? Working with your hands, painting pictures that come out of your mind. Is it being a warrior for the underprivileged? Is it being a fighter for freedom? What exactly is it? And are you living it, or have you allowed somebody else to tell you, you can't do that? You're not that good. I wouldn't suggest that. That's interesting. Chris writes, if you don't know the answers to these questions, then you may as well not even begin to write your future. You've got to take some time to answer them fully. In a couple shows back, we talked about Paige and I as we wrote down what we wanted our future to be like back in the 90s, and we started living it in the 21st century. It took over 10 years, but we never gave up. We never let the dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies keep us from it. We dug deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper until we got it. There's some things that you've got to do to make this happen. Number one, you've got to get a good understanding of your strengths and your weaknesses. See, you're going to be writing about your future. So you need to have a rock-solid, sober understanding of what it is that you're good at and what you're particularly not good at. I love accounting. I think it's fun. I try to keep my books up to date, but it's not my strength. So I'm not going to go into the accounting business. I love mergers and acquisitions, but I I have people around me that are better at it, so I send it all over to them whenever we have companies that need to merge or we have distributors that need to sell their distributorships. But when it comes to speaking on the topic of network marketing, leadership, personal development, Life in general, I take the bull by the horns, I go with that. When it comes to digging deep and and looking at situations and trying to analyze what all the different scenarios could be, I I take that upon myself when we dig a little deep to get it done. So I suggest today that you guys do what Chris says. Focus on playing to your strengths while you improve your weaknesses. John Maxwell talks about that. See, if you focus on your strengths, 
bring people around you to take care of the weaknesses because that's their strengths, all of a sudden you've got a, a synergy on a team that's second to none. See, it's powerful. Now, sometimes you'll hear people say, well, just set grandiose, bodacious goals. I think that's awesome. But before you do that, maybe you need to set some smaller goals, some little stepping stones in an action plan, some objectives to help you get where you need to go. Start small, work your way big. Chris says, get out three pieces of paper. On the top of one, write, one year from today, I will. One year from today, I will. On the next piece of paper, three years from today, I will. Three years from today, I will. On the last piece of paper, ten years from today, I will. Ten years from, well, ten years from now, I'll be 58 years old. I'm pretty much sure at 58, I'm still going to be doing just about what I'm doing today. I'll be riding my bike, walking down the beach, working out. I'll still be strong enough to take on people younger than I am, although my stamina may be a little bit little bit less. But then I'll be playing with my great-grandchildren more than likely. guess I won't. 13, 14, no, I guess it'll be a little bit longer than that. I'll be watching those teenage girls find their first boyfriends at that age. It's exciting to me. I can see my future. I'm going to spend some rock-solid, wild, and fun, and romantic, and passionate times with my wife. So I've written this stuff down. Three years from now, I may have a nice little getaway down on a Caribbean island. be fun. Can't tell you which one. You might want to come visit But seriously, Chris says, start putting only information into your mind that will benefit the fulfillment of the kind of life you're writing about. See, you're writing your future. Troy, there you go again. I don't know. God has ordained me. God has predestined me. God has predestined you for freedom of choice. At the end of the day, you decide if you want to follow is leading or if you're going to go a different direction. See, we get to make our plans. And once we get those plans down, God will direct the path. It doesn't say God's going to change the path. It says He directs the path. He's going to help you go through some trials and tribulations on the way to fulfilling that mission that's been burning deep into your heart. Listen to this here. I thought this was good. He says, you start putting only information in your mind that will benefit the fulfillment of the kind of life you're writing about. He says, for example, if you have a hard time spending money rather than saving it, you should probably cancel all the catalogs that come every day and instead focus on financial stuff. He says, discipline yourself to spend your time in a manner that will help you set your goals. For example... Cut out five hours of TV TV a week and spend that time on your goals. That gives you 260 extra hours a year for almost anything. That was pretty – I mean, think about that. Let's just think for a second. How much wasted time do you have? See, he mentions TV. I want to get a little raw. 
How many times do you, do you just sit around drinking a cup of coffee at Starbucks, blowing off time? How much time do you sit out at a at a at a, at a bar, just drinking, watching basketball or football? How much time do you sit around on Facebook doing nothing but flirting with some old friend? Or worse yet, how much time do you spend on some porn sites that you probably shouldn't be on anyway? All this stuff is wasted time. We sit around watching baseball and football. Why? Why do that? Why does it matter? Troy, that's my pastime. Okay, but do you have a radio? Turn on the radio, get some work done. Put on a headset and go mow the grass. Put your headset on and listen to the football game while you're running. Make the most of the time because you can never get that asset back. So let's look at your date with destiny. It's your destiny, so you need to start creating it, focusing on it, and living it. Now somebody may say, that's one of those kind of new agey words, isn't it? No. People have been using the word destiny for years. It's a powerful word. And there's a great thing about it. It's what makes humans equal. Everyone has a destiny. There's another great thing about destiny. We all play a significant role in shaping it. I agree that we don't always know what our destiny is going to be, even when we're totally focused on creating our future. But we get to choose our date with destiny. We get to decide that today is the day that we're going to focus on our future and stop dwelling on our past, stop wallowing in self-pity. We get to stand up and say, I'm going to be somebody. We get to change our actions, our words, our attitude, even our relationships. Man, if you can't change the dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies around you, then you need to go change the dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies around you. You need to surround yourself with people who may be even going through the same struggles you are, but have the same driving passion to change their lives, to find their date with destiny. That's what it's about. I don't know, Troy. I just don't know. There's a parable in the New Testament. It's called the parable of the talents. Talent was money. Master gave three of his servants money and said, go multiply this. Take it. In other words, it's going to be the start of your future, the start of your destiny. One person took it, was scared to death that he might lose it, buried it in the ground. The next person went out, wasn't quite that unresourceful. Put it in what we maybe call the bank so he got a guaranteed interest rate on it. Made a little bit of money. The third servant realized that his master had grown to become the financial business person that he was because he was willing to take risk. And he went out there and took some risk and multiplied the money. And the master came back and said, What have you done with the seed to your destiny, my paraphrase. The first one, oh, master, here's your money back. I buried it in the ground so I wouldn't lose it. No vision. The second one said, I I put it in a safe place and earned a little bit of money back. 
a conservative future. The third servant said, I've watched you my entire life, and I did what you would have done, and here are all of your money plus all of the extra. The master said, well done. Now go and multiply some more. See, this is what you have to be looking at. Each of those servants were doing what they thought was best, but each of them had limiting beliefs, or at least two out of the three did. Probably even the third one did, because he was a pretty risky little old guy. See, our actions and our words and our relationship are what adds this up. So here's the mental question that you've got to ask yourself that I think the servants probably asked themselves. Do you believe that you can achieve a life of abundance? I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about living an abundant life. Every aspect of your life is focused on one purpose and outcome. Are you allowing all the crap and negative garbage, the mental, the the mess, the the medical, the financial, all this to hold you back. So many people do that. The frank truth is that because many people just don't believe that they can achieve what lies in their heart, they become dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies. Success is for someone else for a better person, for a smarter person, for a a richer person, for a more beautiful person, for a sexier person, for a more outgoing person. No. Living an abundant life, being successful, whatever that means to you, is for you and you alone. You get to decide, no matter what the obstacles are that you face, I'm going to get back to doing what I want to do. See, this crap, this, this, this codependency that we seem to have, the fact that we don't put boundaries on, we think that people can't live without us. We've got to stop this crap. I used to blame myself for my boys because they grew up and they made choices that I wouldn't have made for them. You can't do that. See, what we have to do is say, you know what? I love to do whatever it is you love to do. I love woodworking, so I'm going to make time to do my woodworking. I love to speak. I love to think. I love to study. Maybe you love to paint, to write, whatever it is. Then you need to allot time for yourself because when you don't do that, you're not, you're not, doing, you're not doing anybody a service. Matter of fact, it's kind of funny because you know, there's a saying in the Christian community, what would Jesus do? I think it should have said, what did Jesus do? It's all it's already written. But let's use this, what would Jesus do? Let's say that you want to spend time by yourself, that you want to do what you're good at, that you want to, you want to enjoy life, and you're not doing it. All you're doing is getting stuck in the rituals of the, of the day, letting the circumstances roll your life. Then you know what? You're not doing what Jesus did. Jesus said to heck with this crap. These people are the most mixed up, dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies I have ever met. I need to have time by myself. He'd go up into the mountains and pray. He'd go out into the desert and pray. He'd go over to the other side of the 
of the lake and he'd pray. He'd hang out with just his disciples. He'd send his disciples away and just hang out by himself till till somebody came by and chatted with him. He always set boundaries. We all need to set boundaries in our life so that we can fulfill our destiny. We can fulfill our future. You've got to get rid of the stinking thinking. And here's what you have to do. Listen to this as we come to the bottom of the hour. This is the truth in the situation, whether you want to accept it or not. It doesn't matter what your intelligence is. It doesn't matter what your current resources are. It doesn't matter what you currently earn. It doesn't matter where your family came from. Nothing in your current situation matters whether you achieve your destiny or not. Only you. Your current state of mind, your current financial situation, it may suck, so it may take you longer. It may be a harder journey than somebody else's. But the possibility is always there no matter what. My mama used to read me a story called Knock Out the Tea. See, when you knock out the tea, the phrases start to sound better. See, Chris says, can you describe it in articulate detail? Can you see it? Can you feel it? Can you hear it? But see, if I don't take out the T, here's what it says. I can't feel it. I can't see it. I can't hear it. See, you knock out the T because you can do anything you set your mind to do within reason. But if you set your mind to it, your heart will be there. Because your mind follows your heart. That burning passion in your heart's going to start to come out. Tony Robbins wrote it this way. It's not what's happening to you now or what happened to you in your past that determines who you become. Rather, it's your decisions about what to focus on, what things mean to you, and what you're going to do about them that will determine your ultimate destiny. And that is so true. That is the key. Where you're going, what you're doing, what you can become. So you need to redevelop. Reevaluate your original visions. Assess your strengths. Ask yourself, what is your passion for life? Ask yourself what you truly value and then break that vision down into easy, achievable steps. And you will start to see the life that you've always dream come, dreamed of become a reality. It did in my life. It has in millions of others, thousands of others that I hang out with. And in my men's accountability group every day I see this. Tomorrow, live the life. Principle number three, goals are for achieving. Folks, thanks for hanging out with me. Spread the word about this show and live life like it's an epic adventure. And remember, if you're in network marketing, then act like it. I'll see you right here tomorrow on RealMentorsRadio.com.